Welcome to the 96th episode of the First Take Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Gaddy Cartagena, speaking with co-host Tyler Yarnell, joined today by Will Peck, a new member of the First Take Fantasy team. Today we talk about which players could, emphasis on the could, have their values affected negatively by the NFL draft selections coming in this month's draft. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the First Take Fantasy Football Podcast. We have a bit of a special episode today. We have a new person in the podcast today, uh, probably going to be quite a bit of a regular as well. So uh, I will go ahead and introduce him. We have Will, who is someone that also has attended school with us, or at least at the same place as us, uh, as we are quote-unquote alumni. But Will, obviously, you have told me you are you didn't say you were really good at fantasy football, but you've won a f- a quite a few fantasy football championships yourself. So obviously, you know what you're talking about, right? So obviously, I will just let you kind of introduce yourself a little bit. Just tell us a little about yourself and why you like talking about fantasy. Yeah, um, I've won quite a few uh, fantasy championships. And I've always had that love for sports and play. I play basketball, I used to play football. But I love watching football and I love the stats and all that stuff. I think fantasy is just really, really cool. Yeah, fantasy is like a fun way for us nerds to like really just get into like what exact or like football nerds, I'll say, but get into like what wins in fantasy football. Like it's a game within a game and it's really, really fun to play. Um, I could geek out over it pretty much for an entire hour, but I won't waste everybody's time. I do want to get to some news that happened in the league. And Will, I'll start with you. The Sam Darnold trade, um, I believe it was a second, a fourth and a sixth round pick that went to New York and then the Panthers obviously got Sam Donald. So I don't want to talk too much about the Jets because it's kind of like a foregone conclusion. They're getting Zach Wilson and they're going to build around him. But in terms of the Panthers, how do you think this impacts their fantasy team? Like DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, just uh, really quick. Like what is your first knee jerk reaction to the trade? I think they'll all be better. To be honest, I think Robbie Anderson will be better, even though he had a great year this year and DJ Moore, but also this newly signed tight end. Sam Darnold, we all know, loves to throw to tight ends. He's been throwing to, um, I forget his name. I for- It was Ryan Griffin and then uh, Chris Herndon for games. Chris Herndon was okay, but Ryan Griffin was the, the guy. But the recently signed, Pan- Panthers recently signed Dan Arnold, who had actually a career year this year. He had like four touchdowns and 600 yards with 40 receptions. Um, so I think that this newly signed tight end plus one that they'll draft probably because they don't have much depth at the position will be very, very, really very, very good this year in fantasy. Yeah. Um, I was talking to Tyler about this actually. Um, what if they end up taking Kyle Pitts, like that weaponry upgrade from Carolina or from New York to Carolina would just be insane, right? Like you go from last year, he was throwing to Brashad Perriman, Jamison Crowder and Braxton Berrios to this year throwing to DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, David Moore, who's a pretty underrated receiver himself, and Kyle Pitts, like, and he's getting Christian McCaffrey back. Like, this could be a really, really fun offense to watch. Uh, I do like that you said upgrade, though. And Tyler, I think you and I both are in agreement. Teddy Bridgewater was, he was serviceable at times, but just not great for fantasy purposes, specifically for DJ Moore. So talking specifically about our guy, because, you know, we love DJ. How does this impact DJ Moore? Yeah, I think that he's just going to get uh, a little bit more volume. I think that with Robbie Anderson, he he got so much volume last year because Teddy Bridgewater was just basically spamming him throughout games. Like, he wasn't looking anywhere else. It's hard to 
get much better from that volume that he was getting. So I'm going to say that Robbie kind of stands pat, maybe decreases in, in volume of targets. And uh, DJ Moore will definitely get more looks. And uh, he's definitely getting an upgrade here. Like Sam Darnold, I, I, I think that we were all going to agree that he's a better quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater, at least uh, judging from last year. But um, yeah, you said it like this, this offense with or without Kyle Pitts could be very scary. Like you have Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and that's just without talking about Christian McCaffrey. So I think that they will add another guy. Um, David Moore was an underrated addition in, in the, in free agency. Um, They've been making a lot of moves as well on, on both sides of the, on the, of the ball. So uh, I think that the Panthers had a pretty underrated off season and um, yeah, I, I, I really think things are going to go, uh, are looking good for them for the future and for this uh, upcoming season. Yeah, I think they're, they're playing their cards right. Obviously, if Sam Darnold pans out, congratulations, you have a, a close to franchise quarterback. Um, I don't know if he'll ever be the guy, but I mean, in the NFL, if you have a top 15 quarterback, you're probably doing something good. And he has a chance to become a top 15 quarterback, which is really all you can ask for. Um, but speaking about top 15 and Talking dynasty purposes specifically, does Sam Donald actually have any value in, say, like one quarterback leagues? Like, is Sam Donald anything more than just someone you're holding on to the end of your bench? Or could you go into a season with Sam Donald being your – like, if you just wait on quarterback the entire time, could you have Sam Donald be your only quarterback and not look like an idiot? I wouldn't trust it. I wouldn't trust that just because it's a new situation and a whole new offense he has to learn under Joe Brady – um even though that often he's a very very good offensive coordinator but I wouldn't trust that I would always keep like two guys I also think um like you can not everyone's going to be super high on Wentz you can either like pick Wentz and him so I think that'll be good yeah I, I don't think the ceiling is ridiculously high for Donald but he's someone that I mean kind of similar to what you got from Teddy Bridgewater last year like the floor is really high so if he's giving getting you 15 to 16 points a game and you have him on the end of your bench, sure, but you don't want to roll with him as your starter. To, uh, starter. I don't know why I just messed that up. Uh, Tyler, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you said it. Like, what we saw from Teddy Bridgewater last year was a consistent, like, 16 to 18 points per game. And I think that's something that Sam Darnold can provide with some some big games here and there. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's what you're going to get from a Joe Brady offense. Like, he, he's going to be pretty productive. And I think that he can be a guy in one quarterback leagues can be trusted as your QB two as someone that you take a flyer on. Um, he's right in that Carson Wentz tier of, of quarterbacks where you just like, don't really know. And they, they have some upside, but they, they also have their concerns, but um, I, I would not trust him as my only quarterback. He's interesting in two quarterback leagues because he is in that offense. Um but, yeah, I mean, if we're talking about between him and Carson Wentz, just for this year, I think I might go Sam Darnold because of the offense, because of the weapons he has. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just feel confident in him finishing it around the, the QB 12, maybe QB 14 range. I feel more confident in him finishing there than Wentz. Um, I don't know how, how you guys feel about that, but um, I'm rolling with Darnold there. Yeah, I mean, like – top 15 is about what I'd expect for him. Like him and Kirk cousins are going to be annoying as hell to own because they're going to be the same player every single week. Like, I feel like it's just going to be like 17 points, no more, no less, like no upside, no floor. Like it is literally just, you know what you're getting every single week, which is fine. 
But at the same time, you want to get that positional advantage. And I don't really know if Sam Darnold is going to give you that. Like I personally would probably prefer after the first four weeks of the season, like a rookie quarterback, like give me Justin Fields, wherever the hell he goes. And I will take him over Sam Darnold. That's just personally how I feel about it. Um, I do don't want to talk too much about the draft, but I do want to talk about how the draft could impact certain players because this is something that's underrated. Like now is a really good time to sell a player. If you're hearing a lot of smoke about, let's say like the Bengals drafting someone at wide receiver, drafting a pass catcher, then you could maybe use that knowledge to your advantage and then maybe get out on somebody like a T Higgins or a Tyler Boyd, if you think they could be affected beforehand. So this is kind of like a, like a preliminary, you should sell this player pod, I guess, but we're not going to label it as such because like no, no things are for sure. Um, Will, we'll start with you. Give me one guy that you think could end up losing value based on what we've been hearing about the NFL draft. I would sell really, really high on Miles Gaskin right now. Yes. Just because yes. Miles, Miles Gaskin had a crazy year this year and they're going to draft Najee or Entine or one of them, but they also just signed Malcolm Brown. He's, his touches are get – Brian Flores does not keep one running back. He just switches and switches. So, Yeah, Miles Gaskin is number one guy on my list. Like, I 100% agree. They have the draft capital. They have the need. He can be a fine change of pace back, and he's honestly not bad as your quote-unquote workhorse, but it's just – I feel like that is not something you want to rely on as an NFL team, especially with Tua needing help. Uh, I – I would sell Miles Gaskin pretty much for whatever I can get at this point. Like, I would be shocked if they didn't draft a running back in the top three rounds. Tyler, give me a give me a guy you're looking to sort of move off of. Um, you kind of mentioned it before, but uh, I think that T. Higgins, his value could swing one way or another through this draft because, like, we've talked about rumors, we've heard about rumors of Joe Burrow wanting the the Cincinnati Bengals to take Jamar Chase at number five, and um, you know, obviously, if they take him there, then T. Higgins is his upside is very, it's, it's suppressed a lot. So um, that would really hurt his value. But if they don't end up taking a receiver early like that, it, it's just a vote of confidence for T Higgins. It shows that they, they, they trust him as that, that top guy with tower Boyd uh, sitting in the slot. And they also moved on from AJ green. So they, if they don't draft a guy at number five there um, or early on in the draft, maybe in like round two, uh, I, I think it's just a vote of confidence for T Higgins and, you know, he could have a lot of upside after, after the draft, if they don't add anybody to uh, with, with some early draft capital. So um, yeah, T Higgins is probably the, could have like the biggest swing of value amongst any of these guys through the draft. He's a big, really big wild card. But um, to your point, I think still drafting Jamar Chase isn't necessarily that they're out on T. Higgins, but more so the fact that they understand you you almost need two really good receivers uh, to win in the NFL nowadays. Like If you can have three good receivers, it makes the need for a good offensive line that much less necessary. So you can get by with like an average offensive line if you have three great receivers and they have uh, one receiver who I think is going to be great in T. Higgins, uh, one receiver who's already really, really good in Tyler Boyd, And then you could get Jamar Chase, who's a potentially generational type player uh, in the draft. So that's that's just the counterpoint. But I do agree with you. Like if they draft Jamar Chase, T. Higgins values goes down a lot. And I think the same is if they draft Kyle Pitts, too. Um, I I think either one of those two pass catchers, if they draft him, would be a really, really big impact. Will, what are your thoughts on Higgins being a wild card? Well, I think if they don't draft O-line, Joe Burrow is going to get like hit every play. But 
Uh, they, like in theory, they probably should go line, but you can never have enough weapons. Yeah, there's ne- there's never a downside to more weapons. There's all the if they drafted Pitts, they would be deadly. If in in Jamar Chase, either one of them, but Higgins, uh, I would sell like if the with the possibility. Yeah, you could probably sell high on him too. Yeah, you can get a lot like a, a rookie receiver that looked as good as he did. Um, like if they don't draft someone. It's really tough to sell him right now. Like I personally own him and I don't know what the hell to do because he's such a good player. But at the same time, like I can't look at T Higgins and say, there's no way Jamar Chase is going to be better than him because there's absolutely a way. So it's, it's a really tough situation right now. I personally have no idea how to navigate this. I'm holding until I start to hear more rumors uh, closer to draft day. Um, But even then I feel like once Jamar Chase is drafted let's say if he goes to the Bengals then I feel like I'd be selling low on T Higgins when in fact he could still have a really good start to the year while Jamar Chase gets used to the NFL and whatnot there's a bunch of different situations this way could go or this this situation could go but I do want to give another name here um this one is I feel like kind of going to surprise people and I feel like he was due for a regression or decrease in value regardless coming up next season but Calvin Ridley is someone who I would actually be looking to sell um, you don't have to because it's completely possible. The, the way that I think he saves value here is if the Falcons draft a quarterback and then he would be the wide receiver that sticks around in a rebuild. Julio Jones would end up being moved and whatever. But if they draft a guy like Kyle Pitts, you talk about Calvin Ridley had 143 targets last year. That was with Julio missing seven games. They had no running game. Um, they had nothing else. It was just Ridley pretty much. So you add Julio into the conversation. Let's say you add Kyle Pitts into the conversation Calvin Ridley's not looking at more than 120 targets next year, especially with a new offensive coordinator and new head coach. Like it, there's a scenario in which Calvin Ridley becomes a much less volume player. He's still going to be really good. He's still going to be really efficient. But if you could sell Calvin Ridley for a really high first, like a top three, top five first in Superflex, or you could sell him for maybe like two late firsts. And I think that is something that realistically you should consider or maybe trade him for a younger wide receiver because he's already what, 27 years old, I believe, or turning 27 soon. Um, like he's not the greatest dynasty asset per se. And his situation, I don't really think is going to get that much better. Are you guys against trying to sell Calvin Ridley now? Really, really high. I would sell either Julio or him, to be honest. Julio, oh, yeah. I think, Julio, I think is going to be moved in next year. Um, I don't really see a future there with him. Also, he'll be like a Stefan Diggs situation. I think they can get a lot of draft draft capital from him but um if they do draft pits or then ridley's and all of the wide receivers are going to go down and plus arthur smith i 100 percent think that they're going to draft a running back and kind of do with the same thing that titans offense did which was running back running back play action just that stuff yeah tyler yeah, it definitely sounds like something that they would be planning on doing uh with ridley I mean, like, when you say sell really high, like, obviously, I, I think that you should be confident or you should want to sell anybody really high. Like, if you can get – I think that if we're talking about price range, I think that I would sell Ridley. Like, what player would you sell him for? Because picks is kind of, like, arbitrary as to what people would give up. Yeah. But who's, like, the worst player you would trade Calvin Ridley away for right now? Um, hmm. I think receivers. Oh, uh, the thing is, like, his, his value is still really high. Like, really he's, high. He was wide receiver five. 
Yeah. Like, this was his breakout year. Exactly. So you'd definitely be selling him high. I think that it's probably the best time to sell him because he's he's looking like a dynasty wide receiver one right now. So, I mean, if you, you can bundle them together and get a guy like CeeDee Lamb, I would definitely do it. Um, I don't know. It, it's just it's just difficult because, uh, you know, like his – He's an absolute – hurricane going on behind you right now i don't know what's going on there yeah sorry a bunch of people just came into my apartment but like yeah ridley's ridley's value is really high right now i'm trying to think of like who i would trade him for but like as far as picks i'm looking at like a top five pick i would definitely look into a top five pick for jamar chase like would you trade him straight up for jamar chase yeah i would definitely trade him straight up for jamar chase it depends on jamar chase's situation Oh, very true. Like, I'm not making any judgments on the rookies up until I see where they land. But, um, like, if Jamar Chase lands with a good quarterback, like, put him in Los Angeles, Chargers. They trade up to get him. It would be insane. Like, that's the type of situation I want him to land in. Uh, Even if he lands in Detroit. Yeah. I mean, that would be solid with with Jared Goff and – I mean, he's not the best situation, but he's just good. And he's like, all I care about really is either having a great quarterback or getting a ton of opportunity and you will get a ton of opportunity there. Absolutely. It's like a McLaurin situation. Yeah, exactly. Like great players will produce independent of their quarterback. With that being said, if you have the worst quarterback in the NFL throwing you the ball, then it could be a little bit of a problem. Um, But anyways, let's keep it rolling here. Will, give me another guy that you would potentially try to move off of. Uh, move kind of based off free agency. Um, I mean, if you want to do move based off free agency, by all means, Josh Jacobs, a hundred percent. Oh yeah. That's, that's no question. But like at this point, I don't even know what you're getting in return, but like I would sell just for selling, honestly. They wrecked their offensive line. They have no offensive line now. They have, uh, Ken, for some reason they signed Kenyon Drake. To like seven million guaranteed too. Like that's a lot of money to give like to a quote unquote third down running back. Like he's going to be more than a third down back, and it is going to suck for fantasy. I cannot overstate that. Like that backfield is absolute hell right now. I just think that their their organizations are. I don't know what Mike Mayock is doing there. It's terrible. <laughs> we we've talked about it a little bit. It's just it, it's it's been a disaster this free agency. Like they got rid of basically half their offensive line and spent like a third of the money that they were, they got rid of on Kenyon Drake for backup running back. <laughs> they said that they'll run, run in the slot. So. Yeah. They made Marcus Murray going to take a pay cut for it. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's, it's actually terrible, but um, yeah, I would absolutely be moving off of Josh Jacobs. I don't even know what you can get in return. Like. Oh, also any wide receiver that gets drafted by the Baltimore Ravens. That is something I wanted to talk about, actually. I would be trying to move off of Marquise Brown right now. I said the same thing the minute the season ended, but I'm sticking with it. Um, they signed Sammy Watkins, which is someone that – Sammy Watkins is no one to be afraid of, but at the same time, he's someone that realistically could overtake Marquise Hollywood-Brown as the Baltimore Ravens wide receiver one. Um, that's already a huge question mark. If, let's say, they trade Orlando Brown, which is a huge possibility, they get a guy like a DJ Chark, Marquise Hollywood Brown is now probably the wide receiver three in Baltimore. So that means he's getting like 60 targets a year. Um, and let's say hypothetically they trade for DJ Chark. They already signed Sammy Watkins 
and then they draft another wide receiver in the draft, there is a realistic possibility he could be the fourth wide receiver and fifth option in the Baltimore Ravens passing game that does not throw the ball 500 times a year. Like, it could get so ugly so quickly. So I, I, I would be moving off of Hollywood Brown. I, I, sorry, I went on that rant a little bit, but like. He also, Hollywood Brown gets zero separation, like completely none. Which is crazy because he's a speed guy. So like that's on the coordinator. And at the same time, it's on him because like your whole thing is like, you're so small, people can't touch you but you can't get anybody off of you. Like, I remember when the Patriots played uh, Baltimore, J.C. Jackson had his hand on Hollywood Brown's hip the entire game, not an inch of separation the entire time. And that, like, that can't happen with him being undersized and having a quarterback like Lamar Jackson. It just, it's unreal. So, yeah, I would be trying to move off of Hollywood Brown. He had a breakout to end the year last year. Um, so, like, sell off of that. And, the potential, yeah. and then they didn't sign anybody in free agency. That's... And they, you said that you signed, they signed Watkins, but, um, yeah, but like they didn't get like any of the top like six wide receivers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They went for Juju, didn't work out. <laughs> um, yeah. Marquis, sell him, on, sell him on his age, sell him on the, the, just sell, just sell him as Hollywood Brown, sell him as Antonio Brown's cousin. That's what you got to do. <laughs> so, like, literally, it's the best way to get value right now. Um, but anyways, let's keep it rolling. Tyler, uh, who's another guy? Uh, I'm going to go with Miles Sanders. I think that. Yes. I didn't, that sorry. That, I didn't think anyone else would have them on their list. I have him as my third, my third <laughs> guy on the list. I wrote down five guys. I, I have another, I have a pair of guys that um, I'm assuming is on your list as well, but uh, I'll, I'll save that for you. But uh, I'm, I'm going to take Miles Sanders here. Um, got a lot of hype last year going into the year as like the workhorse. He got a lot of vote of confidence from Doug Peterson and he kind of flopped was was kind of on and off with injury was kind of inconsistent and just did not have a great overall year I don't know what he finished as probably as like an RB2 but um it wasn't it wasn't fun owning Miles Sanders throughout the year he was just dealing with injuries getting uh just being inconsistent and he he recently had a coaching change from Doug Peterson to Nick Sirianni and what we seen from him, what we saw a lot from him last year was um, a three-man committee between uh, Naheem Hines, uh, what's Jonathan his name? Taylor. Taylor, what's that? What's the other guy's name? Jordan Wilkins. Jordan Wilkins. Jordan Wilkins. So, lots of three-man committee, and I could definitely see that, see him bringing that back to uh, Philadelphia because back in 2017 when he was a quarterback's coach, I believe. That was a lot of what they were doing. They had acquired Jay Ajayi, and uh, they, they'd already had, I think it was LeGarrette Blount at the time. And it was just a lot of committee. Like, I remember Jay Ajayi wasn't even getting, like, 14 touches a game. So um, I would not be surprised if they end up going with a committee approach this season. And uh, I would not be surprised if they added a running back in this draft either. And, like, the, I could definitely see them taking a running back in the third round. That just seems like the kind of thing that they would do. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I have Miles Sanders right now, I would be selling high off of him going into a third year, possibly breakout year with a new offensive coordinator. Maybe somebody's high on that. I personally am not. So I would definitely be looking to move him. Yeah. Last year they tried to draft or they were looking to draft JK Dobbins at the end of the second round and they didn't get the chance to, um, I feel like that was something that kind of was swept under the rug throughout the year. They re-signed Boston Scott. So 
at the very best, he's walking into the same situation that he was in last year. And then he's playing with a rushing quarterback. And what rushing quarterbacks do not do is dump the ball off. Um, so that, I mean, maybe Jalen Hurts did it a few times, but as he learns to go through his progressions, he is not going to be dumping the ball off to Miles Sanders that much. And that is going to take a ton of value away. And you look at the fact that Jalen Hurts is one hell of a runner himself. He likes to run the ball in the end zone. He likes to keep the read option. Like there are so many different ways in which Miles Sanders is more efficient, but much worse as a fantasy asset next year. So I a hundred percent agree with literally everything you said. It's like, if they draft a guy, like, I don't even know what kind of guy they could go for. Honestly, I think in probably like late third round, they take Ramondre Stevenson out of Oklahoma or they take like Elijah Mitchell or something. And that guy will eat into the workload for Miles Sanders. So I 100% agree. I'd be looking to sell him. Tyler, you look like you have something to say. Trey Sermon is someone that I, that I would definitely be. Oh, that's actually a perfect fit. Why did I not? And that's my guy too. Yeah. Trey yeah. Sermon would be nice. He's probably not going to go. Is he like he'll a fourth go, round guy? He'll go. He'll go third or fourth. Yeah. Okay. So even if he went in the fourth round, I would still feel not so good about Miles yeah. Sanders because I, I feel very good about Trey Sermon's yeah. talent mm-hmm. and like what he can do in the NFL. Miles Sanders had one game with more than twenty carries, or with twenty carries exactly, just one game this past year. No, throughout his entire career. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Stat of the day right there. Like that tells you everything you need to know. And that's not a knock on Sanders. Like he's a ridiculously talented dude, but also another thing that we didn't mention, uh, we didn't mention the coaching change, but last year before the season, the running backs coach Deuce Staley was the guy that was saying, Oh, I want to give him the ball 25 times a game. He's gone. He's in Detroit with, Detroit, with Deandre Swift now. Like Swift's going to be good. Swift is going to be good. I don't really care too much about Jamal Williams being there. Like he's still going to be good or at least he needs to be for my dynasty teams. Um, But like, Losing that coach that believes in you and honestly was banging the table for them to draft you is, is, is a big thing. I don't think you can kind of understate that. Um, let's keep it rolling again. Will, your third guy on the list. Uh, it's not because I'm a Giants fan, but Kenny Galladay, I think, is going to be just a lot better this year just because of his situation and plus a new year. And I think even though the Giants offense was 31st last year, um, if they put that much money into him and they put all of that recruiting assets into him, then he's going to have, then they, they act, they think of something about him. So, so you're saying to look to buy Kenny Galladay this year. Yeah. Okay. I, okay. I like that. I like that. Um, I actually agree with you. And I know a lot of people are saying maybe it's possible that the giants take Devontae Smith at 11. Um, I, I don't think it matters if they get it or not. Yes. I, that is exactly what I was going to say. Like Galladay is so different from any other receiver or pass catcher that they have in New York that it like they could draft anybody. There is no one like Kenny Galladay that will be walking into that Giants locker room. And Daniel Jones is also, he may not be the greatest quarterback most of the time, but he can throw the ball deep. Like he's actually ridiculously accurate throwing the ball deep. Kenny Galladay is someone that if you just put it up there, give him a chance, he's coming down with it. I love that you said that because a lot of people probably are out on Kenny Galladay right now. I don't know if it'll be the biggest boom, but I don't think he lost any value from where he was last year in Detroit. My, uh, only, my only thing with Kenny Galladay is that, you know, he's, he, he was hurt for pretty much all the season last year. I think he played in four games total. So uh, his value was already down. Um, 
I don't, from that point, I don't think that his value increases or decreases just because like he basically had a lost season last year. Like I, I own Kenny Galday and I didn't do not remember any performance that he had past week six. So um, he was basically obsolete and uh, he was working with Matthew Stafford at the time. So um, that was kind of a match made in heaven for him. And um kind of lifted his ceiling like we, we get we got to see Kenny Galladay at his full potential uh last year uh in his third season and uh, I'm not sure if if Daniel Jones can do that same exact thing I think that he can definitely score a lot of touchdowns because he's definitely going to help Daniel Jones in that department like he doesn't really he doesn't really have that guy on the team that can do that same thing but I mean if they do draft a wide receiver I'm still confident in him um like you said, there's not, they wouldn't draft anybody that would bring that same skill set. And it wouldn't be knocking down Kenny Galladay. It would more be more of a knock on like Darius Slayton or yeah. Sterling Shepard. So yeah. uh, I, I still think that he's a, like a wide receiver too. I'm just not sure of how much of a ceiling that he has. Going off that point, if you have, to, if, if they do draft a wide receiver, then it's going to be replacing Sterling Shepard because those players are probably going to play in the slot. Like if they get Devontae Smith, he's going to be playing outside, yeah. inside. Shepard is one concussion away from being like done. Yeah, I was going to say, like he, he cannot stay on the field. He's just – he gets hurt every single season. Yeah, for one, I would also be surprised if they – one, I feel like the Giants probably trade back um, for a team that's like looking for a quarterback like Chicago or something. But two, I would be surprised if they didn't draft something on the defensive side of the ball because like that is going to be their strength of this team. And they already spent a lot of money on it. So you might as well just double down on your strength and see what you can do. Like you, you got Daniel Jones, his weapon, whatever. Cool. Now keep the defense going. Cause you're going to have a playoff caliber defense. And then the offense is going to have to work itself out. There's nothing that you can do like year one that I think is going to fix the offense. Um, so with all that being said, um, the last guy that I want to mention, I'll go really quick and then we'll get into Will's kind of risers and fallers of the off season, I guess. Um, the last guy that I would be trying to sell is Chase Edmonds for pretty logical purposes. Chase Edmonds, although Cliff Kingsbury loves to say it, I don't think he's a workhorse running back. I don't think he's a workhorse talent. And that Carolina, that Arizona Cardinals offense looks pretty stacked and they want to have kind of like a more explosive running game. I'll say um, they probably draft a guy in the draft. I wouldn't be surprised if Travis Etienne ended up there in the middle of the second round. That's personally how I feel. Um, but even a guy like Kenneth Gainwell, I will take Kenneth Gainwell over Chase Edmonds 10 out of 10 times. I would be very surprised if they rolled into the season with just Chase Edmonds, but a lot of people think that he will be the workhorse. So if you could try to get maybe like a second round pick in this draft back for Edmonds, then absolutely. I would go ahead and move him. Um, even then Kyler Murray is someone that loves the ball, loves to run the ball, loves to run the ball in the red zone. There's just a lot of different ways in which Chase Edmonds can lose value. So I'd be looking to sell him. That is my spiel. Will give me. Uh, I, I guess, does Kenny Galladay qualify as your one riser from the offseason? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay, so so give me give me a faller. Aaron Jones. Really? Aaron Jones, just because he had a career year last year, and usually once you get that big extension, for some reason they drafted A.J. Dillon the year before. Yeah, but I that, think that was such a bad pick. I think A.J. Dillon is really, really good. Like, when he plays, he looked good. He had, like, this one fumble, but when he played <sighs> – he, he looked really, really good. And I think that, that um, Jamal Williams, he, Jamal Williams, right? He left. 
So I think that it's going to actually be split those carries. I think Aaron Jones is not going to be good this year. See, that's interesting because they've been split. I totally get what you're coming from though. Like AJ Dillon is someone that realistically, like he profiles to be the quote unquote lead back in terms of how big he is and the type of running style that he has. Um, I just wonder if they re-signed Aaron Jones because they realized that AJ Dillon wasn't that guy. Um, I personally did not like AJ Dillon much before the draft. Um, I still think he's decent. Like he looked better than I thought he would last year. Tyler will obviously be in your court. He loves AJ Dillon too. Um, but I don't know. I don't see Aaron Jones as a faller. I just think if he falls off, it's going to be because he's a 26 year old running back with a like worse offensive line. And now he has a better backup behind him. So I guess his ceiling, but his ceiling is still high in green Bay. Tyler, what are your, what are your thoughts on Aaron Jones being a faller? Well, I think that he, his value is going to decrease either way, because like you said, he's going into age 26 and he's going into that, um, that big free agency for him. But I don't think that there was a better destination for him than green Bay. Like we saw the success that he's had over the past two years. Um, last year wasn't necessarily his breakout year in 2019. He had 19 total touchdowns. Um, and this past year he had 11, but, uh, still a very good season. He probably still finished as an RB one, but like his, his, I don't know if he's necessarily a downfall or he's like a, he's a faller because like the destination was like just right. Um, and I think that his value was going to decrease either way. So um, I don't know if – I don't think that his his destination really had a factor into that. Yeah, I guess his value is going to go down. But that is interesting that you bring that up, Will, because a lot of people – I mean, personally, I thought this was probably one of the better scenarios. Like, it would have been perfect if he ended up in Miami because there, like, push Miles Gaskin aside, Aaron Jones gets 20 touches a game, and he's probably a top five running back because he's really talented really, really talented. And Miami needs that kind of talent. Um, so, I mean, that's pretty much it had to keep it short and sweet today. Uh, the next two podcasts, I believe are going to be really draft oriented, like straight draft talk the entire time. So I wanted to kind of stay away from that a little bit today and obviously introduce will to everybody will, um, I don't know if it's going to be weekly or pretty much whenever you want to come on, but you will be here. You are officially one of us. So, um, Thank you very much for gracing us with your presence today. I did enjoy the conversation and we're going to figure out exactly what the New York Giants are going to do at 11 by next week. We'll see. Yeah. Hopefully it's a, it's a, I want it to be Slater, but that's not going to happen. Oh, really? You, I, that would be cool. Did you guys uh, get rid of Nate Solder? Uh, they re-signed, they restructured his contract so they could sign Galladay because he was due 19 million. Oh, I remember when, when he was leaving the Patriots, like it was going to be such a bad contract that just, he's just not, he's not the guy. He's not Trent Brown. Yeah, not like he, that. But anyways, um, that would be an interesting pick. We'll, we'll break down exactly what the Giants are going to do next week. I kind of want to do a mock draft between the three of us. So we'll figure that out, but thank you guys for listening. That wraps up today's pre-draft implications pod. Make sure to tune in next Saturday for our first mock draft pod two weeks before the NFL draft. And if you don't follow us already, make sure to follow us on Instagram where we're posting rookie spotlights, coaching impacts, tons of dynasty content. Next week we have mock drafts coming up. And thanks to Will, we're also going to be posting highlights and different videos highlighting certain things about certain players. 
in order to keep you prepared for the NFL draft, for free agency, and ultimately for your fantasy football seasons.